up, guys? Streaming a little early today because Trump's got his town hall that starts in like 10 to 15 minutes, his CNN town hall. And I wanted to try to get through a bunch of articles and news and stuff and maybe even cover some of that town hall live. So I want to do the do some articles before that pops up. If any of you guys are watching, let me know when the CNN town hall starts and then I'll cut over that feed and we'll watch it for a minute. But let's get to it. Got a lot of stuff to talk about before that town hall starts. So we're going to be discussing this Biden crime family expose from the House committee today. They put out their like 36 some page memo uh, with a bunch of investigations and information on basically the whole Biden crime family laundering a shitload of money through a shitload of shell corporations and, oh, you know, that money going to like nine plus Biden family members. So that and that House Oversight Committee wasn't the only one that put a report out today on the Biden crime family. The Weaponization Subcommittee as well put out a report on that Hunter Biden uh, Russian disinformation letter that was signed by like 50, 60 some former Intel people. So a lot of stuff coming out today about the Biden crime family. Also going to touch on the border crisis because Title 42 is supposed to expire like tomorrow night, something like that. And uh, a lot of stuff going on in Texas, a lot of stuff going on at the border states. And there's also this weird <clears throat> asylum rule. It's like a Trump era asylum rule that the Biden administration is enacting that... I don't know. I don't know how to take it. I don't know if it's just a smokescreen or it's actually something that um, is going to like be even it. How do I want to frame this? It looks like it's actually going to secure the borders even after Title 42 ends. That's the thing. And a bunch of progressive liberals are like pissed at Biden for installing this asylum rule and the ACLU is even suing the Biden administration. It's like, it's really weird. But I don't know if that's actually a legit thing that's going to keep the border secure or if it's just a smokescreen because uh, I'm being told by some of my friends and colleagues who have Border Patrol sources that it's just kind of a smokescreen thing and there's still going to be a bunch of basically processing issues at the border that cartels are going to take advantage of. So uh, that's just a few things we'll talk about. Also, Tucker Carlson going to Twitter. He put out a statement yesterday about that, and then a few other few other tabs as well. So let's just dive right into it before Trump's town hall starts. Again, guys, you let me know in the chat. Um, I have the tab up here. I have the page up, and I'll keep it up, but I can't keep checking it while I'm talking and live here. So you guys let me know in the chat when this CNN town hall starts. It's supposed to be right on their homepage or whatever. So sorry to ask you guys to go to cnn.com i feel terrible doing that but let me know when it starts and i'll we'll cover it live see what he has to say so all right first off real quick i want to thank uh virtual shield for supporting this channel whether you're trying to surf websites that are blocked in your area keep your data safe and encrypted when you're surfing the web or block the prying eyes from government and websites from tracking your internet usage a virtual, virtual private network is going to help you with all these things. Virtual Shield is an awesome VPN service for super cheap. Using the link in the description underneath this, underneath this video can get two years of Virtual Shield's VPN for just three and a half bucks a month. This is what I use and highly recommend, so go check them out. And also, guys, on my Conscious Strength website, my supplement brand, my health brand, I have a new product called Furcumin. <laughs> it is a pet formula curcumin product. So curcumin, the active ingredient in turmeric, it's going to be anti-inflammatory. <clears throat> so you can give it to your dogs and cats, especially if you have an old pet. It's going to be really good for them. It'll help relieve the pain in their joints. It also has glucosamine and chondroitin in it to strengthen those ligaments. And then there's brewer's yeast in this product as well to just be kind of like a multivitamin, multimineral sort of thing and give it a kind of a good cheesy taste that your dogs and cats will actually like. I've been giving this to my 11-year-old feline, and it definitely works. It definitely works. He's moving better. Seems like he's feeling better, so highly recommend Furcumin. Good stuff, actually. Pretty good stuff. So 
Let's dive right into these news stories. I'm going to keep this CNN tab up. Um, let's refresh it. See what's up. Okay, it doesn't look like it started yet. Maybe Trump will be fashionably late, and I'll be able to cover enough stuff before he starts speaking. So, first off, yes, press conference today with the House Oversight Committee. A lot of news coming from this. This is the whole 36-page memorandum document that was released today with all kinds of details about how exactly the Biden crime family basically um, laundered all his money. Biden family business deals in Romania and China. Uh, the claim was that the Biden family was using over 20 shell corporations to funnel money to nine different Biden family members. And here's the name of a, the names of a bunch of these companies. Over the span of like 20 years, all these LLCs were created, and this is just a few of them. There's probably more. Um, there's also some flow charts, I believe, within this. Um, bunch of banks listed, et cetera, et cetera. So also Chinese individual names, Chinese companies, Romania, another country to add to the list. So lots of money flowing, like millions and millions of dollars to the Biden fam. Um, and here is that document, a 65-page document from the Weaponization Subcommittee on that Hunter Biden laptop, Russian disinfo letter. We'll get to that one in a moment, but I want to cover some more details on that Oversight Committee Biden money laundering memo that came out today. Here's the Oversight Committee on Twitter saying that the FBI actually has unclassified records about the bribery scheme involving Vice President Biden and a foreign national. This is this is even more, right? This is on top of the 20-plus shell companies and money going to nine Biden family members. Uh, this is another story that we heard about a few days ago. The FBI actually knows about this foreign national that Vice President Biden was getting bribed from, and the FBI is failing to produce the subpoenaed FBI-generated FD-1023 record that details this bribery scheme. So, um, FBI gets subpoenaed, don't do shit, obviously. Big surprise. So there's that. Now we've got some Kanakoa posts here reporting on uh, this House Oversight press conference today. So here's the nine Biden family members that all the money went to. Hunter Biden, James Biden, Sarah Biden, Hallie Biden, Kathleen Biden, Melissa Biden, two unnamed nieces or nephews, and then a grandchild. The grandchild. Anybody named Biden, they're getting some money laundering going to a man. These days, just, just, just identify as a Biden, and maybe you'll get some money flowing your way. And some subpoenas too. So there's the names of the, <laughs> the Biden family members. And then... Here's some more Kanakoa posts on just detailing this whole story. Of course, we got lectured from Joe Biden. While he was vice president, he was in Romania lecturing Romanian politicians about corruption, literally while he was receiving millions of dollars from a Romanian real estate tycoon <laughs> accused of corruption. Good God. Uh, let's see here. This is from, uh, this is actually from the 36-page memo, a screenshot that Kanakoa posted here detailing how between 2015 and 2017, when Biden was VP for some of that, uh, the Romanian businessman convicted of bribery paid Biden family members over a million dollars. Let's see here. And what appears to be an effort to conceal the source of the payment, the Romanian businessman wired money to Biden business associate Rob Walker, who then transferred the money from his business account to his personal account before paying Hunter Biden. So go, they're going through uh, middlemen here, Rob Walker, getting the money over to the Bidens from the Romanian corrupt folk. Uh, in a second transaction, Hunter Biden received the money at a bank account that was not his professional corporation. 
despite allegedly performing professional services. So laundering it through a variety of his bank accounts. Uh, in a third transaction, Hunter Biden, Halle Biden, and an unknown Biden each received funds that originated from the Romanian businessman. And the kicker here is that the Bidens never registered as foreign agents in violation of FARA, the Foreign Agent Registration Act. So, lots of stuff to take away from this 36-page doc. It's on the oversight.house.gov website. And then we got some details on uh, this story. The whole Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation, so says 50 actually 60 it's not 51 it's 60 former intel officials because at the bottom of that letter there was nine unnamed nine unnamed intel officials who didn't want to put their names on public record but they also supposedly supported this letter claiming that hunter Biden's laptop was russian disinformation so it's actually 60 60 former intel officials um and within this 65-page report on it that came out today. One of the details was that these former CIA directors, former Intel people, they had a list of specific outlets that they wanted to report on their letter. And those three outlets were the Washington Post, uh, Politico was one of them, and I think Politico, if you remember this story, I remember this well, reporting on it back then. Because <laughs> I got kicked off YouTube October 15th. And I think it was... This this Politico article came out October 19th. That's right. So I think it might have been like the first video I did on Rumble who <laughs> was talking about this letter. Anyway... Uh, here's the letter that Politico put out about it. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo. Dozens of former Intel officials say. Um, so here's that here's that little section from this 65-page document here. Uh, they wanted to go with, oh, the Associated Press. Blacked out of the Washington Post, blacked out of the Associated Press, and they did name their Politico Natasha Bertrand, she's the one who wrote that article there. So they literally had these, all these 51, 60 former Intel officials had a list of their media shills that they wanted to put out this le letter to. And there's the three outlets, WAPO, AP, and Politico, of course. So, of course. Uh, what else on this? Oh, the organizer of this letter, former CIA director Mike Morell, <laughs> I guess in his testimony. So he testified to Congress about this a week or two back. And within his testimony, he said that, um, I didn't believe John Ratcliffe. John Ratcliffe was Trump's director of national intelligence, which is the top intelligence position, the top spy chief in the country. And John Ratcliffe at the time said that it was not Russian, Russian disinfo. And this former CIA director, Mike Morell guy, who organized this whole letter, he said that he didn't believe John Ratcliffe. And the reason why is because he had much more experience with intelligence than John Ratcliffe. So I don't know how John Ratcliffe came to that conclusion that it wasn't Russia. <laughs> oh my God. These people are so delusional and paranoid. Just Russia, Russia, Russia. It's always Russia. Oh, my God. Something goes bump in the night. They wake up out of bed. Russia! Um, got some emails as well from back in that October 2020 time frame between Mike Morrell and other CIA people. Just a lot. There's a lot in both of these reports. The... Biden crime family money laundering one and this Hunter Biden laptop one. Just so much coming out exposing the Bidens today. Um, and this is from John Solomon yesterday. He was reporting on how, you know, this letter that had 60 former Intel officials sign it. John Solomon got a tip that there was actually an active CIA employee recruiting signatories for that letter. 
So it wasn't all just former Intel officials. One of them was active, at least one. There's at least an active um, CIA agent trying to recruit people to sign this letter. So that is a massive, massive problem. And then the CIA's pre-publication review board, which is this group in the CIA that reviews any kind of materials submitted by current and former officers to determine if it contains classified information. So anytime former current CIA officials want to basically put out public letters, public statements, things like that, uh, it looks like they should go through this board to for them to okay it. And the CIA board completely okayed this letter, this Russian disinformation letter, even though it was totally horseshit fabricated. So CIA is getting totally embroiled in all this stuff, which is great, which is fantastic. Expose them. So there's that. All right. Another three-letter agency getting pressured from the House, which is great. We've got Jim Jordan and other House members demanding that the ATF director uh, basically clarify and correct their pistol brace rule testimony. So it is good to see Jim Jordan and others um, in the House Judiciary Committee put the pressure on the ATF for their just absolutely... The, the ATF's one of the worst. They do so much unconstitutional shit, and there's zero recourse for them. So just another three-letter agency that is completely above the rule of law or act like they're above the rule of law, just like the FBI, just like the CIA. And this stabilizing brace rule is another overreach from the ATF. So hopefully we get some um, good news against the ATF. Taking back a lot of their ridiculous rules. Because as you may or may not know, the ATF has no authority to create law. But they come up with these arbitrary rules and regulations on their own accord and then try to enforce them. Which is highly uh, unconstitutional. So... Next from this, border chat. Okay, so Texas sending, well, Texas activated their, I think, tactical border patrol unit, something to that effect. I'm not getting the name exact there, but uh, Texas governor activating the National Guard, sending National Guard members to the border. And, uh, oh my gosh, look at that stat. 81,000 people tried to cross into the U.S. just in 10 days. 8,000 per day. And when Title 42 ends tomorrow night, it's likely to be more than that. Probably 10 to 13,000 per day. Yep, Abbott, Texas governor, saying 13,000 would try to cross into the U.S. each day after the ending of Title 42, which would add up to almost 5 million people per year. Getting into the country. Insanity. Insanity. So, this Title 42 thing is a big deal. If you're living in any border state, uh, keep your eyes open. So, National Guard soldiers with riot gear arrive to major border crossings. There is a video of these National Guard units in their TAC gear. Arriving to the border. Pretty insane what's going on down there. And then, lo and behold, at a major uh, bridge, a major border crossing between Texas and Mexico today, there were shots fired. This is a video of some truckers on that bridge hearing a bunch of shots fired. Yep. Some early reports of this were saying that it was between the Mexican army and a cartel on the Mexican side of the border. That was early reports. And then, oh, the chief police claims that gunfire heard near that bridge came from a drill. Yeah, bullshit, that was no drill. Uh, Mexican media reports that a shooting occurred between elements of the army and armed civilians, so no. I don't know who, who was that chief police that said that? (laughs) 
Hidalgo Police Chief Romeo Rodriguez said that Border Protection and local police were conducting drills with dummy rounds. Oh, come on. That's bullshit. Yet the Mexican media is reporting that it was not a drill at all. No, they're not going to do live fire drills in the middle of the day like that near the border. No sense. So anyway, yes, crisis at the border. Very much so. Very much so. Um, let's refresh this. I'm going to go to the chat and check CNN here. We'll give you. Oh, it looks like Trump is on it right now. Okay. Let's take a break from the tabs. Formal order to, to deploy the National Guard. But when it Excuse came me, to that day. Just the opposite. He Chris Miller wrote a book, and he's a fantastic guy, and he was ready to go. They turned him down. If you look, the mayor of Washington, D.C., lovely lady, she said, we don't want it. We don't like the look. Nancy Pelosi said, oh, we don't like the look. If they would have had just, I offered them 10,000 soldiers. I said, it could be 10, it could be more, but I offered them specifically 10,000 soldiers. If they would have taken 500 soldiers, you wouldn't have had the problem. They turned it down. And if you look at the inspector general report, he says they turned it down. They made a terrible mistake. Well, Chris Miller was your acting defense secretary. He says you never gave that order. But back to what happened on that day. He you said did you not weren't, say that. You, he has testified that, Mr. He President. He did not say that. But you said you weren't very involved that day. You did tell your supporters to come to Washington. You tweeted about it, about true, that speech that happened on the rally. Am I allowed so when to they, say that? when they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, eye. injuring police <laughs> officers, why did you? Why did it take you three hours already. to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. So, so if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth. Truth Social, I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look January 6th, it's at two, before 2.30. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't Bringing know why. The receipts, I think they man. took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. <laughs> I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth, and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. It's, we want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President, I looked at the same timeline that you did. No, Once no, it but was you clear, didn't report that. You know why? Because it was taken down. We did report down. it. I, I was reporting that It was that taken day. down and it wasn't... But when it was up. clear to you that they were not being peaceful, you saw them rushing the Capitol, breaking windows, they were hitting officers with flagpoles, tasing them, beating them up. When it was clear they weren't being peaceful, why did you wait three hours to tell them to leave the Capitol? They listened to you yeah. like no one else. You know that. They do. I agree with that. But so Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi and the mayor are in charge. I assume they were able to do their job. They weren't. But and Pelosi's not in. in charge of Capitol security. And if you security. remember, I made a video right outside the Oval Office in the Rose Garden. And I'm very proud of that video. I didn't have a script. I don't need scripts like a certain person that's in well, there right time, now. What the, time? The video. It, it came out much later after they had already that's attacked right the Capitol. It was a great video. And it was a beautiful video. And it said, I mean, I don't want to read it all, but you have, you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people of law and order. We love the people of law and order. We can't play into the hands of these other people. We have to have peace. Please go home. Now, well, I said that. Referring you know to what the they law did? and order there, They took Mr. that President. down. And you know, to this day, it hasn't been put up. And the reason is, it's so good and so conclusive that all of this nonsense and all of the tens of millions of dollars that have been spent are just wiped away with this one... And they've never put it back up. They had another one that they did the same thing. But that thing. video that you referenced there, it wasn't posted until 4.17 p.m. No, I'll tell they you. They breached the Capitol at 2 p.m. That video Mr. was President. posted 
472 Yeah, before, the, actually a little bit before that. Right, but, so that's but, my excuse question. Me. Because in that three hours, over 140 officers It was officers posted were after injured. the first one I just read, though, and that was at 2 o'clock. But I think the reason the timeline is so critical here, because going back to your influence, in There's that three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no reason. Was there... To, there was no reason. And he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. That the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed he her. But bragging. one person who was at the he Capitol that day, as you know, was your vice president, Mike Pence, who says that you endangered his life on that day. I don't do think he feel, was in any danger. Mr. President, do you feel that you owe him an apology? No, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. I really do. But he doesn't have the authority to do that, as you know. What? The vice president does not have the authority to okay, reject those Are you ready? Let's have this one results. out just now, because it's interesting. Let's keep it interesting, right? <laughs> I like Mike Pence very much. He's a very fine man. He's a very nice man. He made a mistake. His lawyer said, you cannot move. I called him the human conveyor belt. I said, even if the votes, you mean, I talked to his lawyer, even if the votes are absolutely fraudulent, he can't say, yes, sir, he can't say that. And the Democrats played it, and the rhinos played it. And then the election was over. They told him he couldn't do it. And Mike said to me, I can't do it. The lawyers told me he can't do it. They can't do it. But the lawyers were wrong. Because right after the election, they all met, the rhinos and the Democrats, and they worked out a plan to make sure that future vice presidents don't do what I said you could do. That's not what happened. You're referring to the Electoral Count Act. I've, exactly read, right. I've read that. There is, there is no authority. No. Legal you experts, including Republican legal you experts, say that he does not have that authority, Mr. Caitlin, President. But I want to why did on. they change the law then, saying that you can't do it? They didn't change the law. They strengthened the law because they were worried about oh, presidents exploiting. Oh, they strengthened exploding. it, meaning you could do it. That's, Thank you. that's not what it means. Thank you. They strengthened the Mike law because they were worried. Mike had the right to do it. They uh, convinced him he didn't, and it was a horrible thing for our country. If you would have sent those votes back to Georgia, Pennsylvania, and other states, Wisconsin, which if you look at Wisconsin, they virtually admitted now that the election was rigged. If they you would have, have sent those that, votes back to many of those states, they would not come back in the affirmative. And remember <laughs> what I said, and you just said it pretty much, you admitted what I said was right. I they did said not. he didn't have the right to do it. And he did have the right to do it, and that's why they changed the law, taking that right away. I should note that your campaign paid for a recount that happened in Wisconsin. It actually had more votes for President Biden by the end of it. But I want to move on to Wayne Byer. He's a retired attorney from North way, Conway. So many was... illegal votes were cast in Wisconsin. And if you look in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they had so many legal, illegal votes, they didn't even know what to do with them. You're absolutely wrong. Mr. About President, that. there weren't any fraudulent votes in Wisconsin. I do want to get to the audience, though. We have questions for you from the audience. A retire Wayne Byer is a retired attorney from North Conway. He has previously served in Republican administrations. He volunteered for the Republican Party in the 2022 midterms. He voted for you in 2020. What's your question for the President, Wayne? Thank you for coming, Mr. President. Thank you, Wayne. My, my, pres my question to you is will you pardon the January 6th my, my rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM. Many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything. But you have two standards of justice in this country, and what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... <laughs> and it'll be very early on. And it's they're not living the in hell right now. So when it comes they're to living pardons. in hell. And they're policemen, and they're firemen, and they're soldiers, and they're carpenters and electricians, and they're great people. Many of them are just great people. Mr. President, one of the 
people who was convicted was a former policeman, but he was convicted of attacking a police officer, I should note. But when you said you are considering pardoning a large portion of those charged with crimes on January 6th, does that include the four Proud Boys members who were charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy? I don't know. I'd have to look at their case. But I will say, in Washington, D.C., you cannot get a fair trial. You cannot. Just like in New York City, you can't get a fair trial. <laughs> about a significant verdict that was reached yesterday. I know this is something you want to weigh in on as well. A Manhattan jury found that sure. you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm... I think I'm... I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And the, usually you, you leave office, you say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up. And they went up with the other fake charge, too. Because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape, happens to be African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow it to put that in. What? All of these things. He but with her, they either. could put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This was a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodman, which I rarely go into, other than for a couple of charities. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so... We had this great chemistry, and a few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room, of Bergdorf Goodman, right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door, so she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, he was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Mr. Johnson. Mr. President, can I can No, but I think, think of it. Think of I, it. I know you're recounting what she said, but Mr. But, but President... Let, let me just, if I could, because right, you asked a question. Like this was a comedy here. If I was walking in at the park, because I was very famous then, and I owned the Plaza Hotel right next door, and I owned buildings around it, I'm not going into a dressing room of a crowded department store. Then I say, if she was being raped, and by the way, they said she wasn't raped, okay? That was her charge. They found they that you did, they found, abused her. No, no, what, say what? They, they, did, they said he didn't rape her. And they did I didn't do anything else either. You know what? Because I have no idea who the hell she is. But Mr. President, I don't know can, who I, this woman can I ask you, given your recounting I your version... I don't know who... And, and I tell you this. But Mr. President, are you ready? can I, can I And I can swear I ask on my children, which I'd never do, I have no idea who this woman... This is a fake story, made up story. We had a horrible Clinton-appointed judge. He was horrible. He allowed her to put everything in. He allowed us to put nothing in. Mr. President, this is a you're recounting your version story. of events here right now to the audience. You referenced the trial. You did not go to the trial and actually right. testify. Do you wish that you had testified? No, it wouldn't have made a difference. This was a rigged deal. This was a... My lawyer said, sir, you don't have to do it. I actually said, I think I should. It would be respectful. They said, sir, don't do it. This is a fake story, and you don't want to give it credibility. One That's thing why you, I didn't go. One thing you did do in this. And I swear, and I've never done that, and I swear to I have no idea who the hell... She's a Mr. whack President, job. You, you did not testify in person in this trial. There was a taped deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that Excess Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want... Do you stand by those comments? I said, if you're famous and rich or whatever I said, but I said, if you're a star, uh, you are... And I said, women let you. I didn't say you grip. I said, women let. You know, you didn't use that word. But if you look, women let you. Now, they said, will you take that back? I said, look, for a million years, this is the way it's been. 
I want to be honest. This is the way it's been. I can take it back if you'd like to, but if you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people that are you stars, were asked in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they Seven, tend to do pretty well later, in a lot of different ways. About this okay? story. And you would now. like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, here's, we have a lot of here's what she wants Mr. to President, say. Let's a get rich to the and famous person tonight. has no advantage over anyone else. Well, you do have an advantage. And I say unfortunately, but that's the way it is. You said fortunately or unfortunately. Well, fortunately or unfortunately for her. We have a lot of questions to get to tonight. I want to go back to the audience. We've got Danielle Rieger. She works as an oral surgery assistant. She's a Republican activist from Derry. She was a New Hampshire delegate for you in 2020. What's your question? Hi, thank you so much for coming to New Hampshire thank to you. answer our questions. My question is regarding the economy. Over the past two years, we have seen the prices for everything skyrocket. From food to gas to utilities and insurance costs, many people's bills are up several hundred dollars a month, including mine. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. And nobody had ever done what I did. We got oil down to $1.87. Actually, it fell lower than that in some cases. We had to save the oil companies the, the price was getting. So we were doing incredibly. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. We were energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. We were going to be bigger than Russia and Saudi Arabia put together times two. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation, any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it. And energy went from $1.87 and even lower for gasoline, for a car. They went from $1.87 to five, six, seven, eight, and even $9. And your electricity bills went through the roof, your heating bills went through the roof. And that's what started inflation, and it hasn't stopped because people are paying now for bacon and for eggs and for the two and three times what it was just a little while ago. We created the greatest economy in history. A big part of that economy was I get, got you the biggest tax cuts in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan cuts, bigger than any... And, and also, Caitlin, also, as you know, we got the biggest regulation and regulatory cuts we, this place was rocking, and then we were given a gift from China, and China paid a big price. And let me tell you something. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes from China, but prior to COVID coming in, and then I rebuilt the economy again a second time. But we had, prior to COVID coming in as, as from China, from Wuhan, which I said it came from Wuhan. Everybody said, oh, you're wrong about that. You're wrong. It came from Wuhan. I said it right from day one. So... We had the greatest economy in the world. Here's the story. Uh, they made energy so high, and energy is all invasive. It is massive as an industry and as a cost. It lifted everything. If Mr. You President, made don't, if you made economy. donuts, if you made, no matter what you did, and but, we had inflation the likes of which I guess we haven't had, as I said, for 52 years, but I think more than that. We had no inflation. He ain't going to let her interrupt him. We had the lowest him. energy prices we've had in decades. This country was rocking and rolling. And by the way, we had the most secure the border calling on in all the history Trump's of our country. Mr. President, we have more questions on the economy. I want to make sure we get to all of those. As you know, the U.S. right now could be just three weeks away from defaulting on its debt. That could mean millions of jobs lost, people not getting their Social Security payments. People believe it would put the U.S. economy into a recession. Um, on that topic, I want to bring in Marta Cervea, a student here at St. Anselm. She is an undeclared voter who did not vote in 2020. Marta, what's your question? Oh, Hi, Mr. She President. She voted for Biden. Uh, so my her. question is, what do you think about the United States' current debt situation and how can we move forward? Uh, such an important question. So we're at $33 trillion, a number that nobody ever thought possible. Illuminati when we confirmed. had our economy rocking and rolling just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. 
But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me. They came in, Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi, and they were using it. We'll violate it. We'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are demanding? You might as well do it now because you'll do it later because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that when sure. you were in the That's Oval Office. That's when I was president. To, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> the U.S. defaulting would be massively consequential well, you for it's, everyone it's, in this room, for all of You don't know. It's psychological. It's really psychological more than anything else. And it could be very bad. It could be maybe nothing. Maybe it's a, you have a bad week or a bad day. But look, you have to cut your costs. We're, we're spending $7 trillion on, much of it on nonsense. $7 trillion on nonsense. We've got another question from a voter tonight. Get all of that money that was wasted, and frankly, the Senate should have never approved it. Get all that money that was wasted, and if they don't get rid of that, you'll have to default. Okay? Mr. You President, we've got another voter here tonight. And by the way, you're going to default eventually anyway, but it's going to be much messier. I don't think you'll have to default. I think if the Republicans hold strong and they say we want five, let's say we want five trillion dollars off, I really think the Democrats have no choice but to do it. And if I win, they're going to be doing the same thing to me in two years. I guarantee you that. Mr. President, we've got another voter here tonight. And they did that before. Bobby Petrino has been waiting very patiently. He's a student at St. Anselm. He's a member of College Republicans. He's an undeclared voter right now. He supported you in 2020. Bobby, what's your question for President Trump? Trump. Hi, thank you for coming. Uh, This is a bit of a pivot, but uh, with gun (laughs) violence and mass shootings in the news cycle recently, I'm worried that state governments and the federal government are going to act to repress gun rights. Uh, Under your administration, you uh, instructed the Department of Justice and the ATF to ban bump stocks. If elected president again, how would you act not only to defend our Second Amendment rights, but to restore rights that have been taken from us, um, such as, by example, recently, the ATF's ruling on the pistol stabilizing braces? Yeah, as you know, the bump stocks are actually a very unimportant thing. And NRA, I went with them, and they said it doesn't mean anything. Actually, all they do is teach you how to shoot very inaccurately. So we did that. Uh, there's been nobody that's protected the Second Amendment, as you know, like I have. I protected it through thick and thin, not easy to do. But we have a very big mental health problem in this country. And again, it's not the gun that pulls the trigger. It's the person that pulls the trigger. And we have to protect our Second Amendment. We have to protect our Second Amendment. Mr. President, you dealt with a lot of mass shootings when you were in office. This year, there have already been more than 200 mass shootings yeah. in 2023. If you are reelected, are Blame there the any new gun restrictions that you would sign into law? I would do uh, numerous things. For instance, schools, we would harden, very, very much harden. And I also, I'm a very believer. I believe in teachers. I love teachers. I think they're incredible. And they love the children, not quite like the parents, but they love the children in many cases almost as much. Many of these teachers are soldiers, ex-soldiers, ex-policemen. They're people that really understand weapons. And you don't need 5% of the teachers would be more than you could ever have if you're going to hire security guards. But in addition to that, have security guards. Uh, You have to harden your entrances. You have to make schools safe. And you can make other places safe. But it is a big mental health problem in this country more than anything else. And remember, we have 700 million guns, 700 million. Uh, Many people, if they don't have a gun, they're not going to be very safe. I mean, if they don't have a gun, it gives them security. Now, you need them for entertainment. You need them for hunting. You need them for a lot of different things. But there are people that if they didn't have the privilege of having a gun in some form, they, many of them would not be alive today. You know, there is a certain country that had a very strict policy on guns, very, very strict. Which country? And, uh, Brazil, okay? Brazil, uh, very strict. And the former president of Brazil, and the, the, 
the killing was incredible. They were walking into people's homes and killing people. They had no protection. He said, go out and buy guns. People went out and bought guns, and it went way down. The numbers went way down because they had security. If you look at Chicago, Chicago has the single toughest gun policies in the nation. They are so tough, you can't breathe. New York, too, and other places also. All of those places are the worst and most dangerous places. So, so that's not the answer. No new restrictions that you would sign if re-elected, Mr. President. I want you to meet Julie Miles, a registered nurse from Merrimack. She's a Republican who voted for you in 2020. Julie, what's your question for the president? Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. I appreciate you answering this question this evening. How do you plan to appeal to women voters in New Hampshire who are concerned about the Dobbs decision and how states may change their laws? It's such a great question, and it was such a great victory, and uh, people are starting to understand it now. Uh, you know that they wanted to bring it back to the states, but that was probably the least important part of that victory. Getting rid of uh, Roe v. Wade was an incredible thing for pro-life because it gave pro-life something to negotiate with. Pro-life had absolutely nothing being stuck in Roe v. Wade to negotiate with. And now what's happening, and I see it all over, uh, deals are being made, deals are going to be made, and it, it, look, everybody that was president wanted to get rid and tried to get rid of Roe v. Wade. You mean for 50 years. Republicans. For 50 years, this has been going on. Actually, a couple of Democrats, too. But for 50 years, this has been going on. I was able to do it, and I was very honored to do it. But by doing it, things are happening that are very, very positive. And you have to, I happen to believe in the exceptions, the life of the mother, rape, incest, like Ronald Reagan believed in the exceptions. But I happen to believe that. I think, it, I think it's, frankly, important to do that. But a lot of people are uh, you know, against that, a, sm a relatively small, relatively small number. But the so way I, I the way I look, I think it's very important to say this. I consider the other side to be radical because the other side, under Roe v. Wade and other things, the other side, they're radical because they will. Remember the debate with Hillary Clinton? I said, rip the baby out of the womb at the end of the ninth month. They will kill the baby in the ninth month. If you look at that crazy governor of Virginia from the former governor where he said, no, the baby will be born, and then we'll decide, essentially, whether or not to execute but the Mr. baby. But, Mr. President, can we talk about what you would do if no, but you these are, are the radical are people. It's not the pro-life people that are radical. But if you are re-elected and you're back in the Oval Office and you get legislation to your desk, would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? Uh, what I'll do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges on the Supreme Court. The just fact, to be clear, just to be clear, Mr. President, you, you would sign a federal abortion well, ban into I, I law. I said this. I said this. I want to do what's right. And we're looking. And we want to do what's right for everybody. But what's right? But now, for the first time, the people that are pro-life have <laughs> negotiating uh, capability. Because man. you didn't have it before. They could kill like the baby Lemon. in the ninth month or after the baby was born. Now they won't be able but to I do that. But I think this is a really important question for you to answer because this is something... All, every Republican, including those who are running against you for the nomination, are being asked about is, would you sign a federal well, abortion ban into yeah. law? And many of them are going to give you the same answer as I. Uh, I am, first of all, I am honored to have done what I did. And a lot of people said, they said, in 150 years, he's now the most consequential president because he saved so many lives. And I'm honored to have done it. And, and because of what I've done, we now have a great negotiating ability. That's what I do in life. I negotiate. We have a great negotiating ability, and I think we're going to be able to get something done. what do you mean negotiating done. ability? Because the question that Republicans have, and some of your allies on Capitol Hill say that they want to introduce legislation when it comes to banning abortion, if they send it to your desk, would you sign it? Some people are at six weeks. Some people are at three Where do, weeks, two weeks. Where is President weeks. Trump? Uh, President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country and what's fair for the country. But the fact that I was able to terminate Roe v. Wade after oh, 50 man. years of trying. She wants they worked for 50 years. I've never seen anything so like bad. it. They worked. And I was even, I was so honored to have done it. We are in a very good negotiating position right now only because of what I was able to do. And remember this. Again, you talk about radicalism. People that will kill a baby in the ninth month or the eighth month or the seventh month or after the baby is born, they're the radicals, not the pro-life I just want to give you... I just want to give you one more chance, though, because you did not answer whether or not you'd sign a federal abortion ban 
or how many weeks into pregnancy you believe he answered it like five times. Yeah, but I've Can given you, answer you, I've given you the answer probably four times already. Which oh, one four. is I'm it? Looking, I'm you looking at a solution that's going to work. Very complex issue for the country. Uh, you have people on both sides of an issue. But we are now in a very strong position, pro-life people are in a strong position to make a deal that's going to be good and going to be satisfactory for them. If you weren't able to get rid of, you wouldn't even be having a discussion, if you weren't able to get rid of Roe v. Wade, which put pro-life in a dead position, a horrible position, they could kill the baby at any time they wanted to, but we did something that nobody thought was doable. And other Republican presidents, and others, by the way, they wanted to get it out. They also wanted to bring it back to the states. But bringing it back to the states is a less important issue than the issue that we just talked about. But that's why the, the question about a federal about. abortion ban. You well, did not say yes or no to that. You did not what, say how many weeks. It depends what the deal is. Lindsey Graham is a good man. He's got an idea. And a lot of other people have an idea. And uh, I look at all the and different ideas. And a lot of people ideas, will be curious the, what I'll your idea right is decision. on that. President Trump, we've got uh, more questions to come for you tonight. I'll we'll be right back in just a moment. All right. They were going on for a while there, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh, fun stuff. Fun chat. Trump's wiping the floor with this chick. <laughs> you know what's interesting, though, um, on CNN? It's curious that Trump would choose CNN to do this. I was just thinking about this while um, they were talking during that during that town hall. Uh, CNN has a new CEO. He's been CEO for like nine months, I think, at CNN. His name is Chris Licht, and Chris Licht is, you know, this might be why people like Don Lemon are getting fired and some, some subtle changes are going on at CNN. might be why Trump chose CNN and why CNN has like a whole Republican audience there in New Hampshire tonight. But um, let's see. Analysts suggesting new boss of CNN, Chris Licht, is pulling to the political right. This was last year. Last year as well, CNN's Chris Licht on 2024. We're not going to be a 24-7 Trump, Trump critical news network talking about Trump's mistakes all the time. Uh, Chris Licht wants to avoid calling Trump's election claims the big lie. It's about nine months ago as well. New CNN boss, Chris Licht. So it's curious. Makes you wonder what's really going on at CNN and if behind the scenes, new CEO is trying to make some changes. Huh. Curious. Okay, let's roll through some of these uh, other articles here, and then maybe we'll get back to Trump's town hall and finish it up. But this is what I wanted to talk about. One more thing on the border is that um, this is from CBS. So it says, the U.S. finalizes asylum restrictions to ramp up border deportations once Title 42 ends. So this is that new asylum ruling from the Biden administration's, the Biden administration, it says here they finalize a sweeping restriction on asylum that it plans to use to ramp up swift deportations of migrants after Title 42 ends. Um, the regulation, which is expected to be challenged in federal court, will be a dramatic shift in asylum policy, disqualifying migrants from U.S. protection if they fail to request refugee status in another country, such as Mexico, on their journey to the southern border. The rule is a major pivot by President Biden. It's actually a Trump-era policy, or similar. It's very similar to a Trump-era policy. Uh, and it also says it's actually, it might even be more difficult for these migrants to get into the country. More difficult than Title 42, this new asylum rule here. So this is interesting. Last-minute change here. Um, I don't know if this is going to actually protect our southern border or if this is a Biden administration smokescreen to make it look like he's doing something. Meanwhile, the issues at the border are just going to continue. Uh, from some border patrol people I've heard today is that the main issue is processing. There's going to be so many migrants trying to come across the border that all the border patrol agents are going to get pulled off of patrolling the border and have to just work in the processing centers and that'll leave huge gaps, huge holes open in the border that aren't being patrolled. And then the cartel is just going to be able to exploit that and uh, get guns, drugs, humans, etc., traffic stuff through. So I don't know. Uh, this could be good, could be bad. Kind of goes either way at this point. Okay. Uh, a few more things. 
the Eco Health Alliance, the company that collaborated with the Wuhan lab, is doing another project now. So taxpayers are now going to be funding the Eco Health Alliance lab uh, that had all the ties to the Communist Party, where they were looking at the, you know, cooking up their COVID-19 virus. They're going to be granted a half million dollars over the next four years by the NIH. So Eco Health Alliance is going to be cooking up some more shit there again over there in Wuhan. Uh, Tucker Carlson announced he's going to be launching a new show on Twitter. Curious. I wonder if Tucker and Elon were negotiating about this during Elon's appearance on Fox Nation a month or two back. But anyway, Tucker put out a video statement on his Twitter account last night saying he's going to be doing a new show on Twitter. And man, all the fake news media are seething about this one. Seething about it. Calling Twitter right-wing right wing app now and all sorts of stuff. Uh, this definitely be definitely should be big on this one here um gonna speed through some of these last articles and then we'll go back to cnn robert f kennedy jr says under no circumstances will he join donald trump on an electoral ticket tweeting this today to quell speculation our positions on certain fundamental issues our approaches to governance and our philosophies of leadership cannot be further apart huh I wonder what that exactly means. What what real issues? I don't know. Honestly, lately, it doesn't really sound like they're too much different, to be honest. But who knows? Maybe uh, RFK Jr. just wants to distance himself for the time being, shake up the Democrat side of things. Uh, I honestly would not doubt if there was more of a plan here than meets the eye. But anyway, that's RFK Jr.'s statement. Uh, shooting in Texas. BBC News with one of the worst fails in reporting. So the headline here of their article the other day says, why some people are spreading false rumors about the Texas gunman. And yet, the pro the head photo that comes up is freaking Tim Pool. Like, what a fail of article management, of article design. Makes it look like Tim Pool is the Texas gunman, right? And they have yet to, I think, fix this at all. Um... We've got some comments or let me know. Trump's back on CNN. I'll get over there in a minute. I do want to let you know about this awesome Substack article that was posted by Matt Taibbi, Technofog, and a few others today from Racket News. This one was a report on the censorship industrial complex, the top 50 organizations involved in censorship, from non-governmental organizations to fact-checkers to foundations to universities to think tanks to government to, to for-profit companies. This is a huge article of the top 50 groups that censor. And a good handful of these have, you know, included me in their articles to help get me kicked off of YouTube and Facebook and whatnot. So this this is a fantastic substack. Highly recommend to get yourself familiar with basically the social engineering groups that are trying to brainwash people on the internet from the Atlantic Council to, I mean, all of them, PolitiFact on here, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, and all kinds of others as well, the Ad Council. So that's uh, that was a quality piece. All right, back to this. But uh, moving on, another immigration policy you had was the zero-tolerance immigration policy that separated families at the border. If you are reelected, are you ruling out instituting that? Well, when you have that policy, people don't come. If a family hears that they're going to be separated, they love their family, they don't come. So I know it sounds harsh, but if you remember, remember they said I was building prisons for children? It turned out that it was Obama that was building but the prisons for the children. But would you re-implement that if you're re-elected? Is well, that what you're saying? A, we have to save our country, all right? We so can't it sounds afford... like that's a yes. No, no. When you say to a family that if you come, we're going to break you up, they don't come. And we can't afford to have any more. Look at New York City. Look what's happening. They're living in Central Park in New York City. The city is being swamped. Los Angeles is being swamped. Iowa is being swamped. Our whole country is being destroyed. Millions of people are coming into our country. 
And you know what the number is going to be, in my opinion, by the end of the year? Not the 4 million that you hear and the 3 million. Until, I think it's going to be 15 million people. And in these people, they have no idea where they come from. They come from 129 different countries so far. 120, not President, just the just four to, that we talked about. Just to about. put a button on that, it sounds like what you're saying is that you're not ruling out re-implementing that immigration policy. I want to get to another voter. Caitlin Boissonneau is a student here at St. Anselm College. She's a Republican. This will be the first election that she has voted in. What's your question for the president, Caitlin? Hello, President Trump. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, the current administration has made it clear that we should continue to provide military equipment to Ukraine so that they can defend themselves. Do you support this decision, and how would you deal with the increasing threat posed by Vladimir Putin? First of all, thank you very much. It's really nice, and it's an important question, so important, because we're giving away so much equipment. We don't have ammunition for ourselves right now. We don't have ammunition for ourselves. We're giving away so much. But here's the thing. I have to say it to start off. No longer matters. If I were president, this would have never happened. And even the Democrats admit that. Putin knew it would have never happened. And his pipeline would have never happened. A lot of things would have never happened. But this Which would Democrats never have happened. That, and Mr. all those president. dead people, both Russian and Ukrainian, it would, they wouldn't be dead today. And all those cities that are blown up and disintegrated right to the ground, that wouldn't have happened. Okay. Now, here's the problem. We've given so far $171 billion. They've given, meaning they, meaning European Union, which is approximately the same size altogether as our economy. They've given about 20. So we're at 170, let's say, and they're at 20. Uh, you don't have to know too much about history to realize, or geography, to realize that they're a little bit more affected than we are, okay? So they've got to put up a lot more money because they're taking advantage of us like every other country did. That's why I ended NAFTA and replaced it with the USMCA, Mexico, But on Canada. this issue, Mr. President, I, I should know, I don't know any Democrats who have said they don't believe Putin would have been invaded if you were president, but her question is, would you continue to give Ukraine money and weapons if you're elected? Uh -huh. What's the answer? I have a very good relationship with uh, President Zelensky because, as you know, he backed me up with the, with the phony uh, impeachment, impeachment hoax number one, when he said... The president didn't do anything wrong. So that was I happened when you to asked like him for an investigation so I happened to like yeah that's weapons. right and it, it was I was totally exonerated by the way just a waste of time and money. You were impeached over that. Yeah, you were impeached, impeached over that. But let's stay on topic here Mr. President. But you were impeached. What do you give Ukraine weapons and I was impeached by a crazy woman named Nancy but Pelosi. But the question here is would you give Ukraine weapons and funding if you were elected? I would sit down let, let me just put it a nicer way. Uh, if I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? Because I'll meet with Putin, I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, can't back can him into a corner. You but said one you of the don't things think you have to do is you have to get the, you have Mr. to President, get Europe. Mr. President, can I just follow up on that because that's a really important no, excuse statement me, let me that just you just follow made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170, but and they should an be. And they should, should the equalize. War. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. I got with NATO when I sat down. Ukraine I got them right to now, put up Mr. hundreds President. of billions of dollars that they weren't paying under Obama and Bush. And all of these other presidents, that's why they're, they're able to help them fight the war, because of the money I got. But, but I want Europe what's to, happening in Ukraine, excuse me, Mr. I President. want Europe to put up more money, because they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of jerks. We're spending $170 billion for faraway land, and they're right next door to that land, and they're in for 20. I don't think so. When it comes to what's happening there, when you were in office, you said that you respected President Putin, do yeah, you I still do. respect him today? Uh, he made a tremendous mistake. Made it, he made it. He was a smart guy, you know. I remember I said he was smart, she was smart. They what said, was his he mistake? said President Xi of China, right, is smart. Okay, 1.5 billion people. He's the ruler of 1.5 billion people. I said, yeah, he's a smart guy. 
How dare he say he's smart? Of course he's smart. They want you to say he's a stupid person. Okay, he's not a stupid person. He's very smart. He's very cunning. And Putin made a bad mistake, in my opinion. What was his mistake? It would have, his mistake was going in. He would have never gone in if I was president. We used to talk about it there. Do you believe that he is a war criminal? What? Do you believe that Putin is a war criminal? He's responsible for the deaths of thousands well, of Ukrainian men and women Well, I think this. I think it's something that not, should not be discussed now. It should be discussed later. Because right now, we have to get a war. If you say he's a war criminal, it's going to be a lot tougher to make a deal to get this thing stopped. Because if he's going to be a war criminal, where people are going to go and grab him and execute him, he's going to fight a lot harder than he's fighting, you know, under the other circumstance. Uh, that's something to be discussed at a later date. Right now, we want to get that war right? settled. Don't call him a freaking war criminal right now. I'm not talking right about now. the money, either. I'm talking about We're all the lives that are being... The number of people being killed in that war is far greater than you're hearing. When they blow up a city and those buildings come pouring down and they, they say two people were injured, no, no, hundreds and thousands of people are being killed, and we have to get that war settled. We have more with former President Trump right after this. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with questions from voters right after that. All right. I think that's all the CNN that I'm going to watch tonight. If you want to check out more of it, you can just go to CNN.com and, you know, watch it yourself. But uh, is there anything else I want to discuss tonight? Um, I don't think so. I think we'll finish up there. We've been streaming for a little over an hour. There's a few other articles I have, but they're just kind of me, me couple small stuff so anyway appreciate you guys for tuning in watching this town hall here with me talking about today's news appreciate you guys uh i will be streaming tomorrow on knowledge based with justin deschamps and then back here streaming rumble d live foxhole on friday i'll be working on some more substack articles this week working on more videos i'll also be uploading some stuff to uh instagram I'm on Instagram, and I did I did make another TikTok account just to, you know, every time they ban me, I make another one and just put videos up till they ban me again. So why not try to uh, reach those people that are on that app? So anyway, I'll be working on some Instagram and TikTok stuff, Substack, uploading some videos, and also uh, videos coming tomorrow to Locals and JordanSather.tv for all you guys subscribe to those accounts. That's all for me here tonight, guys. Appreciate you all. I will see you again. Well, hopefully see you tomorrow on Badlands. And then see you here on Friday. So, that's all for tonight. Appreciate you guys. See you next time.